episode five, and already several times on this podcast, I have used avocados as a reminder that God loves us. Since the very first episode, that was something that I used to remind us that God doesn't make mistakes. I've said that having perfectly ripe avocados is a reminder that God loves us. But today, I'm going to use a couple of stories of avocados to show, well, that God loves us, but sometimes he doesn't always love us in the way we wish he did. When I was in the convent, we pretty much depended on donations for everything. This is common for religious sisters. They take vows of poverty, which means that any money that they do make from their apostolates, from the work that they do, goes back into serving the poor or supporting whatever mission it is that they have. So when I was living in St. Louis, the sisters would go to the market, the produce market, and whatever they had that was left over, whatever was on the verge of going bad or they just had way too much of, they would give it to us. And so often we would get cases and cases of whatever was in season. Sometimes we would have to go through the onions or the berries to pick out the bad ones. But that was how we lived and, and that was fine. And that was always a sign of God's providence. After maybe a year of being in the convent, though, I realized that if I wanted something, I would have to ask God for it, which was probably part of the purpose of living off of whatever God provided. But I'm a millennial and I really, really wanted avocados. It was Easter week and I was like, you know what, Jesus, you can do it. And so I did that morning. I knew that the sisters were going to the market in the afternoon. I was in our chapel and I said, Jesus, I know it's silly. I know that there are a lot of other things that you need to take care of, but I would really, really like some avocados. It'll be okay if we don't get some, but just so you know, that's what I'd like. Sure enough, the sisters came home that afternoon. For the first time since I'd entered the convent, we had a case of avocados, and it was awesome. We learned how to keep them fresh longer by keeping them in the refrigerator. Pro tip. So every once in a while, when I was interested in a specific type of fruit, it happened another time. We just so happened to be talking about pomegranates at, at dinner one night. And I mentioned that I'd never had them. The next day, the sisters came home. And for the first time, and the only time actually, while I was in the convent, we had a case of pomegranates. It was amazing how that would work and how when you're really relying totally on whatever God provides, everything is a sign that God loves you and everything is a sign that God is taking care of you. But there was one winter when I kind of wanted avocados and I knew that the sisters would be going to the market that day. And so I just kind of half-heartedly prayed and was like, you know, Jesus, it'd be kind of cool if we got some avocados, but it's up to you. That afternoon, the sisters came home from the market and they had received three cases of avocados. Now there were only like nine of us living in the house and not everyone ate avocados. So three cases was a lot, was probably way, way more than we could ever use. But I was excited. I was like, wow, God provided in abundance. It was a superficial prayer. And look at what he did. Three cases. Friends, there were three cases of avocados and not a single avocado was edible. They were all completely, completely rotten. You might be wondering where I'm going with this. And remember, this podcast isn't just the fluffy stuff. It's not just, oh, God loves us and it's easy because that's not what life is. No, God's love is real, and sometimes you get three cases of rotten avocados. But I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and Jesus loves you, this I know, because he provides. This episode is actually closely connected to the episode Messed Up Plans, 
And I'm doing it because it's really appropriate for Thanksgiving, looking at how God provides for us, that we have so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. But a lot of times when we go around the table on Thanksgiving, they're good things, they're real things, but they don't get at the deeper level. What am I thankful for? Well, I'm, I'm really grateful for the good grades that I got this year, or I'm really grateful for having a house to live in, or clothes, or the food on this table, which are all good things. They all come from God. Yes, yes, yes. But they don't touch on the deeper things. Am I also grateful because God has provided the strength to move through this really, really difficult season of life? Am I grateful because God broke up a relationship that was not the best thing for me? These are more difficult. And so what we are going to be talking about today is what's called divine providence. It's a term I use all the time. You'll hear people use it all the time. Say, wow, that's so providential. Now, part of what I'm doing on this podcast is trying to break things down. Everything that the church teaches, everything that's in the Bible, everything that's in our world is a sign of God's love. It reveals God's love to us. But the problem is a lot of times how Christians talk about it is that jargon gets in the way of us communicating God's love. We get in this problem where we want to prove to one another just how much we know. And so we start using these words that mean a lot of different things to different people, or we just throw around words without really talking about what they mean. And I gotta be honest, I have a degree in theology. I spent three and a half years in the convent. I read the Bible every day. I still do not know what righteousness means. I've Googled it. I've looked it up. I've had people try to explain it to me. The idea of righteousness is a Christian word that we use all the time as though everyone knows what it means. And I have no idea about it. So if you have any ideas, hit me up. But today we're talking about divine providence. It's a complicated word. It's a piece of Christian jargon that we just throw around all the time. But what it really means is that God has a plan. Now, we've talked about that, but it's a little bit more than just God having a plan. Divine providence is that God has a plan and he will give us everything we need to carry it out. God has a plan and he will provide everything that we need to live that plan out. So yes, that means food because we're humans. That means shelter. That means relationships because we need love, but it also means things like strength, like peace, like courage. All of these things are things that God can provide. So that's what we're talking about today. We've already talked about the fact that God has a plan for us. We've talked about how sometimes it doesn't go our way. It's not what we hoped for. It wasn't our plan, but that his plan's better. Not only is God's plan better, but the strength in the way that he chooses to carry it out in us, that he provides for us, that is the best. And God is constantly providing for us. He is constantly overflowing with love because he wants to see us succeed. And he wants us to be able to fulfill it because that's what he knows will give us that abundant life. There are certain things in our lives that can make it seem like God's not providing for us. Sometimes that's when we've said no to God's love. We've said no to his will. We've closed our eyes to maybe being able to see it. But God is always providing for us. And honestly, sometimes the smallest ways can make us most aware of just how intricate, just how detail-oriented his plan of love for us is. When I was in college, I took a class with a Dominican priest. His name was Father James Brent. And he loved this idea of divine providence. Honestly, that class was probably the single greatest class that I took in my entire college career. Every single time that I left it, I just felt like I needed to run to the chapel. 
And actually, mass was the next thing that that was on my schedule every day after his class. So it was beautiful. But he gave this example. It's something that I've thought about and that I've prayed about often. And he said, in the morning, when you're tired, you just stumble over to the coffee maker, you pour your coffee, maybe you get a little bit on you, you don't think much about it, you burn your tongue, you sip it, and you go along your day. But here's the thing. From all eternity, God knew that you would be drinking that cup of coffee. It seems ridiculous. It's so small. But it's really, really important. And it's beautiful. From all eternity, God knew that you would be drinking that cup of coffee. So he created the coffee bean. Maybe even it evolved from some other type of plant to become that strand of coffee that you're drinking today. So he planned that the coffee bean came about. He planned for some person, hopefully someone who was paid a fair and just wage. He planned for that person to be there and to pick that coffee bean. He planned for that coffee bean to make it on the truck, to be roasted wherever it was roasted. He planned for it to come to America or wherever you're listening to this podcast from and to end up in the bag that you received. He planned for you to purchase that bag, to put it in the coffee maker that morning so that you would sip it, so that you would be clear-headed and have the energy to do exactly what it was that he wanted you to do that day, whether the next thing was getting the kids up, whether that was going to your work, whatever it is, God, from all eternity, from the very moment that he created that coffee bean, he planned to use it to provide for you today. And wow, I have chills just thinking about that. Like that is something so small, maybe even the smallest part of our day. And we can see God present there, God loving us there, God providing for us to give us the strength to live out his plan for our lives. From all eternity, he has been providing for us. And that's something right now, a few months ago, I started a new job and it's been really, really overwhelming. I have been confident that this is exactly where God wants me to be, but honestly, I'm not really qualified for it. I don't have the skills to do it, but because I'm confident that this is where God has been, I have been looking for the different ways that he has been trying to love me, that he has been trying to provide for me to be able to carry out this task that he has given me. And sure enough, he's given me coworkers who are absolutely amazing. He's provided resources. He's reminded me of pieces in my own education. The Holy Spirit has inspired me in moments with ideas that definitely didn't come from me. There have been moments of humility that have reminded me that he is in charge and that he's really the one that's doing this. There's a real peace that comes with that. That's what allows me to go to work every day. And yeah, he has also given me a sufficient amount of coffee to do this job. But here's the thing. God's idea of providing for us, that best way of providing for us so that we can live that abundant life that we've talked about, it's different than our idea because we are not talking about the prosperity gospel here. God loves everyone. He gives every single person what we need and he wants all of us to be with him forever in heaven. And that's the key. He gives us everything that we need to get to heaven. Without him, we wouldn't get to heaven. That's what he provides for. When we talk about God's providence, his plan, the way he provides for us, it is giving us everything that we need to be with him forever in heaven. It does not mean that God is giving us everything that we need to have an easy or comfortable life or to be able to do whatever it is that we want to do. One of my favorite quotes is from Pope Benedict XVI. He said, you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And what's greater than heaven? being with God, united totally to him forever. 
And I got to be honest, this is where it's hard. It sounds really great when God's providing for us through the coffee. That's an amazing way to realize how much he loves us in the tiniest moments of our lives. And it's true. And it's easy to say that God provides for us when he gives avocados after just kneeling and kind of casually mentioning that in a prayer. It's harder to see that God provides when he gives three cases of avocados exactly what we wanted, but they're all rotten, right? Is God still providing there? Is he still giving us what we need when all of the avocados are rotten? Just as an aside, that week was actually Super Bowl Sunday. So we had three cases of avocados and I was like, there's no way that every single avocado is rotten. So on Super Bowl Sunday, I went through every single case, every single avocado in all three cases trying to find just enough to make a tiny bowl of guacamole. And friends, I did not succeed. God was not providing guacamole that year. And so this is difficult. There's no sugarcoating it. A great source of hope, though, I think, can be seeing people who God provided for in really unique ways who went before us and who reached that goal of heaven. And so this episode, we're going to switch things up a little bit. The saint of the week is going to be right now. And just a reminder, in the Catholic Church, saints are people who we know and believe to be in heaven. And we know this because of the example of their lives, but also because we have prayed, asking for their intercession, asking them to go to God after they have died. And we have received miracles through their intercession. Two to three miracles for every single saint. That's how we feel confident that they're in heaven. Every single saint that we talk about, this is someone who is in heaven. This is someone who has responded to God's love totally to be with him forever in heaven. God has provided for them. They couldn't be there without him. And this week's Saint of the Week is Saint Mark G. Tianxian. Now, there's actually a providential story of that pronunciation because I was talking about Saint Mark G. Tianxian in my seventh and eighth grade class, and I had a seventh grader who is studying Mandarin. And so she taught me how to pronounce his name. So again, that is Saint Mark G. Tianxian. He was Chinese, and Mark was his baptismal name. He was a doctor in the late 19th century in China. He was having some stomach troubles, so he decided to prescribe something for himself, and he took opiates. And as we know now, you know, that's probably not the greatest move. He very easily became addicted to them. He became dependent on these opiates. He was kind of the talk of the town as the doctor who was off, the doctor who was an addict. He would go to confession at a time, again, this was the late 19th century in China, where things were misunderstood. And so the idea of being addicted was really seen as a sin. It wasn't seen as an illness like we do now. He went to confession and would confess over and over this sin and say, I, I'm using these drugs, but I know when I leave, I'm, I'm just going to take them again. And so the priest said, sounds like you're not really sorry. He didn't understand. But St. Mark really loved God. He knew he would not be able to overcome this addiction without a miracle from God. So as he was praying, he asked God to find a way that he could witness to God's love, even as an addict. And he really felt called to ask God for the grace to die for God's love. In that final moment, so he wouldn't be remembered only as an addict, only as the shame of the town, but he would be known as someone who loved God. In 1900, the Boxer Rebellion broke out and Christians were rounded up. They were asked to deny the faith. 
Saint Mark Ji Tianxian was one of the first ones to die. He was there in front of all of his other neighbors. It'd be really easy to imagine them whispering and being like, what is he doing here? We're here to die for God. We're the ones who love God. He's just an addict. But no, he was the first one to die, the first one to give up his life, to praise and thank God for being willing to give him the chance to witness to his love in that final moment. And in so doing now, he has given this example of how God loves and is still providing for people even with addictions and also giving others the courage in that time and now to stand up to the faith, reminding us that our ultimate goal is not to be clean from addiction, although that's a very good thing, but is to be with God in heaven. This is going to kind of kickstart a really difficult part of the conversation about how God provides. Because as you probably notice, a lot of the saints that I talk about on this podcast, they were martyrs. They were people who died for the love of God. And now we think, if God was really providing for them and really loving them, wouldn't he have kept them from dying? And that's a really, really good instinct. Because life is the most precious gift that God has given us. It's true. And by protecting our life, the life in our bodies to the best of our ability, we're showing our appreciation and gratitude for God's gift. But ultimately, we know that the life that we have right now will end. On that day when we die, it will come for each of us that God will ask us to trust him, even with returning to him the greatest gift that he has given to us. Because the purpose of this life, this greatest gift that he's given, is to glorify God, to receive and to respond to his love as best as we can, so that we can be with him forever in heaven. It's as though he'll say to each of us, I have provided for you this entire life. Will you trust me to provide for you forever? People who live out their entire lives, full lives, they also trust God. They also come to that ultimate moment of being able to say, yes, God, I trust you. Here, take my life. I trust that what you will give me will be so much more. But the martyrs are a great example of this because they did it very obviously for the love of God. The martyrs are not the only people who do it. In fact, all of us do it in little ways every single day. Parents who give up things that they want to do in order to be with their children to wake up in the middle of the night instead of sleeping, they are giving up pieces of their lives. They're experiencing small martyrdoms for love of God, for love of others. It's beautiful. It's also challenging because we have to allow ourselves to be provided for. You know, Jesus says that we have to become like children. Children are totally provided for by their parents. They know that they will receive what they need. And if they don't, they're out of luck. As adults, we get it into our minds that we have to provide for ourselves. We have to do everything ourselves. But no, God wants us to remember that he is our good father. He is giving us everything. Something that someone said to me once that I think about often is that God gives us the grace to sustain us wherever he calls us, but not necessarily before we need it. And that last piece is really hard because it's like, okay, I want to know before I get involved in something that God will give me everything that I need. I don't want to have to trust him, right? I want to make sure that I'm well equipped so that I can do it. But no, God always gives us the grace to sustain us. And that requires faith. It's not always pretty. I know for me right now, it involves therapists and medications and too many naps. 
but it also involves texts from friends and support from family and connecting with people with similar experiences. And it is so beautiful. In my suffering that I'm experiencing right now, it is difficult. I would not choose to be doing this interior work that God has asked me to do, but I know that he has called me to be here. And whenever it feels like I cannot do the interior personal work that God is asking me to work on right now, I remember that he gives us the grace to sustain us wherever he calls us, but not necessarily before we need it. In every single moment, God is loving us. In every single moment, he is providing exactly what we need so that we will be with him forever in heaven. If our goal is to become rich or to be the oldest person alive or to be famous, honestly, he might not and probably won't provide for that. And if becoming rich or being the oldest person alive or becoming famous means that you won't be in heaven, if all of those things mean that you will not accept God's love, then praise God that you will not be rich or the oldest person alive or famous. Because it's by becoming aware of how God is providing for us to get us to heaven that we become ready for that. And practically, by becoming aware of how God is providing for those kind of superficial needs, like the avocados, the coffee that I was talking about earlier, they open our eyes to all of the ways that he's loving us in the small things to strengthen us to be open to looking for and to accepting how he loves us and provides us when things are more difficult and when things are even seemingly impossible to have the faith that he will provide. That's the key to living the Christian life. That's the key to receiving the peace that God wants to give us. Our scripture this week is from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For this week's love tap, that's the part of the episode when I share just one way that I know that God loves me, that he showed me that he loved me during this past week. And it's actually perfect for the theme of today's episode that God provides. And that is that this weekend for the past several days, I have been in self-isolation. We're experiencing a pandemic right now because someone that I work with tested positive for COVID. And it kind of happened really fast. I was at work. I got the call that someone tested positive, that I needed to go get tested myself. And then all of a sudden, I just wasn't leaving my apartment anymore. And I had one roll of toilet paper left. 
And I was like, I should have planned better. So I thought about it for a little while and I just decided to text my mom and I said, hey mom, um, I need some help. (laughs) And right away she was like, okay, I will be there. Is 18 rolls enough? I can be there at noon unless you need me there earlier. (laughs) And I laughed at the abundance at how eager she was to help. And it was funny because I felt kind of like I might have been a burden to ask her for help. Uh, But it was this beautiful reminder of, I guess, of her love pointing me to God's love, reminding me just how much she wants to provide for me um, in those simple things that can easily be provided for, and a reminder that God wants to provide for me that much more. So thanks, Mom. I love you. Today's prayer is one of my favorites by Thomas Merton. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire to please you. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am Cecilia Ciccone, and this has been Jesus Loves You, This I Know. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. This apostolate is supported by the Holy Spirit and you, our listeners. If you feel moved to provide financial support to cover the costs of the podcast and that coffee to keep it going, you can send contributions via Venmo to me at CEC underscore squared. To stay connected, which I love to do, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CEC squared. These will also be in the show notes. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything.